Welcome back to another episode of the Full Time Whistle on the Perth Football Podcast. You've got myself, Kalichi Osunwa. We've got Josh Jai. Josh, hello. How you doing, Kalichi? I am excessively tired, mate, but we are here doing it for the people. Mate, how are you? I'm here. We're going to bring the energy. It's the full time whistle. Give, yes. me, give me energy at nine o'clock at night after a long day and four hours sleep. I am, you know, the best part about the four hour sleep is the reason I stayed up was to watch the West Ham game. And you uh, we, got your result. Yeah, we won 4 0, and it was finally a, a performance that uh, I didn't have to cry myself to sleep. Not just because we were losing, but because we were so goddamn boring in every other 23 games I've watched this season. Speaking of a man who's not crying himself to sleep, especially after his team got the result last night as well, and probably got plenty of sleep, Tommy Dolman. Tommy, how are you, mate? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty tired like you, Kalichi. It's been a long day, long weekend. But hey, we made it. We made it to the end of the night, the group stage of the night series. And yeah, that was a terrible game. The Leeds won last night. But you take it. A messy Furpo goal, three points out the drop zone. Let's get on to the night series. Let's get on to the night series and... We're, uh, we recorded it on the Sunday night to make sure that we got every single game of the night series sorted out because there's obviously computations for who are going to be playing in the final four. Um, and the results from today, we'll start off with the Perth Glory-Coburn game. Glory went into this game knowing that they needed to, to score quite a few goals to have any chance um, of progressing to the final four. And they ran out five, two, five three winners. But at the same time, I think Josh, you were saying, not five three? No, it was 5-3. Oh, no, I, I was shaking. Why are you shaking your head? I was shaking my head about well, let me, how, let, many, let me lead on to the reason. how many goddamn chances Perth Glory actually had in this game. Okay, that's exactly the reason why he was shaking it. He was shaking his head, ladies and gentlemen, because he said that is the worst performance by a team to only lose by two goals. Tell us more about that from Coburn. <sighs> Coburn were opened up with such regularity in this game it has to cause some sort of concern going to the season. If that's your last sort of competitive hit out before the season starts. And, and you know, it, it is unfortunate to say that. And they've got results in other games in the night series and, uh, and, and they haven't given up as many chances as mm. they did in this game. And, and it is tough because you never know what Perth Glory team you're going to be facing as well. So they had Hatch, they had Ivanovic who went off injured. They had... Um, had Mitchell Oxborough playing. So he scored a cracker as he well. He scored a cracker to open scoring for Perth or to score the equaliser for Perth. Coburn were ahead in this game at yeah. one point and they could have gone 2-0 up. Yeah, I think I think the most startling thing that we noticed from the top, and maybe you can like chip in on this, but I think the most startling thing that we noticed from the top of the gantry was that um, they played three at the back and Perth Glory just decided to have three up front and stay really wide. And the fullbacks just didn't track back. And so it just became this easy long ball from, from the right-hand side all the way to the left-hand side to Hatch. And Hatch probably had like 12 or 13 crosses and could have scored five, but still ended up getting, a, I think, one assist and, and yeah, and could have scored as well. So Yeah, the Coburn keeper made about 19 saves yeah. in the first half as well. Did you notice the same thing, Tommy? Yeah, I, well, Coburn actually started the game okay. They took the lead. It seemed like a very long time ago by the end of the game. But then as soon as, like, um, Glory sort of warmed to the challenge, that was it. It was They just absolutely steamrolled them and at the end of the first half. They, they had to wait. As Josh said, Dreesen made a number of excellent saves um, to keep Coburn in the game. And then I think they got three in the final five minutes of the first half, and that really sort of set them on the back foot. But, yeah, we, we, we knew going into the game that Glory had to win to give themselves a chance of qualifying for 
the semifinals of the night series, there was a world where if they'd won by six goals, um, they it would have meant that Kingsway would have had to have won rather than drawn in the second game. Um, as a result, they probably could have won by six goals. They had that many chances, but it was only a 5-3 win in the end, and it did temporarily move them up to, to second place. So, look... As Josh said, I always call Glory a bit of a wild card going into the season because you just don't know which players are going to be playing on that team on a regular basis. The team, by the time round one comes around, could be made up of under-20 players and under-18 players from last season. And it's a completely different dynamic to whether you've got guys like Hatch and Ivanovic, as, as Josh rightly said. So... Um, I suppose watch this space. They've shown some encouraging signs. Um, Coburn, a couple of credible results, like Josh said, but but yeah, leaked far too many goals, in particular in the games against Inglewood and and tonight as well. I think I think the other thing we spoke to a couple of Coburn players at the end of the game and. One of them, in a in a really comical way, was saying, "Look, we were trying different aspects of the game tonight, and different aspects of the sport tonight, in terms of how they were defending. Because last week, um, they defended rather deeply, shall we say, once they got that one nil lead. But today, after having that one nil lead, they pushed for the second, and Friday Zico could have scored to make it two 0 as you mentioned earlier, Josh. But then they just they didn't like they didn't sit deep. They didn't bring fullbacks back. They like they kind of were caught in this." weird no man's land but they didn't change anything up which was just the most startling part they, they had a they, they had a really high line and, and I think the fifth goal was the best example of that which was a long ball through from Lark Matiang over the back and Josh and Asmo had the, the freedom of the park to go score now whether that is how they play come the start of the season I'm sure there's going to be plenty of reviewing of uh if they do a footage, whatever footage they might have from the game or just what happened from the game because there was a lot defensively that didn't work from Coburn. On the positive side, they did create chances against a team that had plenty of good players in it. Uh, Friday's Eco's finish for the third goal was uh, pretty spectacular. So. Maria. Oh, yeah, the goal that Di Maria scored. Was it actually Friday's Eco who scored that goal? Well, yeah, 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 it was a great finish. Uh, on the Perth Glory side of <laughs> on the Perth Glory side of things, uh, something to look for. Obviously, uh, the players that are already in that A League lineup, it's not so much them that you're on the lookout for. It's the next big thing, and there are a couple of players who had really good games today. I think Alex Darock has acquitted himself really, really well playing out of position at left back in the preseason. So he's one to look out for. I think he's pretty young as well. A lot of that team is still teenagers. So there's definitely a, a lot to look out for for Perth Glory for, for players who are going to be uh, hopefully putting their stamp on the NPL competition when the season proper begins. Yeah, and just to add to, to Josh's point, I thought Daniel Benny was excellent as well. I thought he was a player who was in amongst everything. I, th- I thought he and Hatch, um, when they switched sides in the first half, they gave um, they gave Coburn's defence a lot of de- problems all day. Hatch only played the first half. I think he got assists, or at least for two of the goals, if not all three of the goals in the first half. It was a he, he was just the out ball all the time. He was the pace down the flanks, and Coburn had nothing to combat that. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with with Glory. They um, they obviously made the top four. A couple of seasons ago, they got to a preliminary final where they lost to Floriot. Um, last season was a pretty disappointing um, season, I suppose, compared to the previous season. Kenny Lowe was in at the back end of the campaign and, and more or less blooding 18s and 20s for the season ahead, for, for this season coming up. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure Glory will be happy with their output overall to get three wins out of their five games in a night series and to finish, well, um, I suppose, within a points of qualifying for the next phase. They'll take plenty of confidence going into their round one game with I'm just looking at your um, 
your stats sheet there, Tommy, which we are very grateful that you have, mate, because Josh and I kept going back on Facebook and on the internet trying to figure out what does the score mean now for the sculptation in terms of um, Kingsway and um, uh, Kingsway and Englewood. So, so glad to see that now. But we look at it there, and, and the, the thing that really stands out, I'm going to assume that one of those is uh, that there's no wins for Coburn and no wins for Balcata. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, so looking at those two teams, it's going to be interesting to see, again, it's pre-season, players are in, players are out, you're just trying to blood in some players, you're trying to get in some minutes, you're not too sure what the injuries look like. Um, but I look at Balcata and I think about the, the defensive solidity in terms of the experience that they've got there and the likes of Kay and the likes of Kearney. But I also look at Coburn and I think about the fact that it's coached by, by Macca McDonald, who is a centre-half by, by trade, um, unreal stalwart for, for Sorrento the, the last times that I saw him play. And I think that defence should be like his big hallmark. So it'd be interesting to see that the fact that he played in this 3-4-2-1 kind of Christmas tree formation. But I'd, I'd expect that defence to get better come the start of the season as well. I think the other thing with Coburn was um, I think a lot of people were pretty down on them going into last year. Obviously, it was a bit of a different lineup that they had. They don't have uh, Robinson this year. They don't have Harry O'Brien. Lazaro is literally 3-1 and 4-1 and, and and sometimes. And... Uh, but but they did surprise a lot of people last year. They performed strangely really, really well against teams that were above them in the table. I think they had a great record against teams in the top six. So there are always going to be surprises, but there's that big wild card this year, which is that you've got to go into a relegation promotion playoff if you're in the 11th spot, which is something that the NPL teams haven't had to deal with mm. for a number of years. At one point, there was no relegation, and then there was only one spot. So it does uh, throw up another... Uh, sort of factor for teams to think about that they're going to start getting nervous around transfer window time if they're in and around not just the 12th spot but the 11th, 10th, 9th spot as well. Yeah, I think they've got some interesting players though, Coburn. I thought I thought Kvyanovic showed some some nice stuff. He, he had a pretty nice season last year. He was a big part of um, them getting to the cup final. Cheno Bar's come across as well. I, I didn't actually know that he'd come across to Coburn. He was a player who's, who's shown flashes at Armadale in the past and, and obviously Friday Zico, uh, someone you know very well, Kalichi, for more reasons than one. Never, uh, never bit the guy. <laughs> he, he, um, he scored that lovely goal, and, and he'll it'd be interesting to see where he ends up playing. He was almost playing on like a, on the wing today, but he's played left back in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how he's used. So yeah, they've got some interesting players. Have have Coburn. Um, it'll be obviously though. They're going to have a couple of weeks now to train uh, leading up to the season proper, obviously, with the semi-finals and the final of the night series to come. And you kind of nailed the point, really, Kalichi. I think they and Balcata will be looking to probably work on some defensive shape so that they are um, so that they are defensively a little bit more structured come the season proper. Well, look, we'll leave it at that for part one. Part two, we'll be back um, talking the game that we've just finished watching, which was Inglewood versus Olympic Kings, where the two sides who did end up progressing from the group um, before we go who will they be playing who's that so is it, is it Kingsway Armadale so we should actually just mention what happened on Friday as well so on Friday night Perth beat Armadale by two goals to nil um, that result actually meant that Perth was second for a period of time and they would have gone through had Floria and Sterling drawn in the end Sterling got the odd goal in that game to beat Floriot by a goal to nil. So they finished second. So Armadale go through as group winners. Sterling Macedonia go through as group runners up. Um, and 
the semi-final lineup will now be Armadale versus Olympic Kingsway and Inglewood United versus Sterling Macedonia. I love the fact that Kingsway and Armadale are playing each other for the right to go through because I think that they would have been two of the most unfancied teams at the start of the at the start of the tournament, and now we've got a chance to see an unfancied quote-unquote team get a chance to, to lift it up. And obviously, Florida were the defending champions, and they're out. But at the same time, Inglewood won this competition two years ago. Sterling as well. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that Kingsway hope they make it into the final and then lose? Absolutely, especially because of what happened to them last season. So we're going, we're actually, we'll, I'll, I'll give you the spoiler right now, we're going to get David Tuff to come in and join us for part two. And we'll actually ask him that question then and see what he says. That's what we call a tease in the business. We'll see you in part two. And we're back for part two of the Perth Football Podcast. We're joined by Olympic Kingsway coach David Tuff. Um, Tuffy, tell us about, about the game, the performance. You come up here with a one-all draw. I'm not saying that you went out there looking for the draw, to knowing, knowing what the computations of the score was in the earlier game. Um, but tell us about the team performance and what you thought about the game. Yeah, I think we went to win the game. Uh, certainly, um, we obviously made things get qualifying, get through the semi, yeah, making sure there's no injuries, no suspensions. Uh, possibly minutes uh, yeah, minute, more minutes than the boys. I think that's most important. And obviously, try to refine the way we play. Um, I thought we played real well for the 90. We could have possibly won the game. They've hit the post, we've hit the crossbar. Yeah, was, I thought it was quite an entertaining game across the board. Yeah, it, um, it looked like we had especially in that second half, look, we had two teams going at it full helter-skelter. You wouldn't be able to tell that it was a pre-season game because no one was, was kind of holding back. But um, with that said, you're through to the next round um, and you're playing Armadale. And again, it's two unfancied teams. And I think it was mentioned earlier that, you know, at, when you played Red Star in the first game, it was nine to one odds at, yeah. at a certain time. Not that we endorse any form of gambling on this podcast just yet. <laughs> but if you want us to, to pay and to sponsor us, please give us a call. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, what, what's, what's that kind of feel like and look like? Is it just another game? Game or mate, we're, we're here. We're two games away to try to win this thing. Yes, well, we're, we still see it's preseason. Uh, we're, we're very happy with the way it's gone. We're, just, we're actually the only undefeated team. Um, Armadale, obviously, I was actually sitting with John before the game when they've, they've recruited really well. Chris Jackson, um, they, 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 the imports are seemingly very good. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They play Perth, and they obviously dropped maybe all rested five or six of the better players. So. We're expecting a very, very hard game. Um, we'll be ready and we'll hopefully do enough to get through to the final. Um, in, in terms of going forward tonight, Tuffy, I thought the, the midfield players were really good for you. I thought Sasanyegic was excellent throughout. He just He's so relentless. He doesn't give up on any lost causes. He fights hard for absolutely everything. And, and there was a lot of big performances from Josh Sampson as well. But um, one player who I'm interested in is Kieran Byrne this season. We know he's scored a bucket load of goals in State League Division 1 the past two seasons. Um, he was a little isolated at times tonight. Maybe the supply wasn't quite there. So, so what do you think you can sort of do to maybe maximise his impact as the season rolls on? Yeah, I think it's uh, very true. He's uh, Berner, um, the bear, as I call him. The last two couple of seasons, I think he scored nearly 55 goals. A lot of people may say this level might not be it for him. I, I think Berner will score 15 to 20 goals for us this year. Um, granted, I think you're right, we need to get more supply to him, more crosses, more through balls. Um, but we still, for example, we still got people like Liam Murray to play who has the ability to open doors, get the ball in the box for him. And we're working on that. It's an area we're definitely working on. It's something that the last couple of games we've, we've um, struggled a little bit. But we certainly, I truly believe that 
if we do get the ball in the box, he's going to get goals for us. He's, he's got the unlock. And he, he was a little bit behind pre-season wise. He, he was back in Ireland, obviously partying away with his family. So he's a little bit behind everybody else fitness wise. Uh, but we've worked uh, with him on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure he, when the season starts, he's going to be sharp. He's going to be ready. Obviously, coming up from Division One last year, and uh, in the end, you, you did it fairly comfortably in, in terms of the points on the board. Uh, what's the aim going through this this season? Because we saw Sterling Macedonia do a very similar thing in Division One, and then come up and yeah. still be in with a shot of winning the title on the last day. Are there lofty ambitions at Kingsway this year? Oh, I think so, definitely. Um, from last year and this year, we've only lost five games in thirty-six now. I mean, we've, we've, uh, I know the State League, uh, people maybe turn up nose up at the State League, but as teams there, I can guarantee you, after seeing the this, seeing this, seeing the NPL, the last five games, Mandras, the three Mantles, the Western Knights of last year could easily survive in this league. Um, Sterling's definitely a, um, they show the way for us. Um, and I think with the squad we have um, and the recruitment we've done, I think we've brought some really good players to the club. And we're not saying we're going to win the league or anything like that, but certainly we're not going to be any pushover and we're going to definitely uh, give it a good crack. Look, really, really quickly, we've got a couple more questions left, but what's the biggest difference that you've noticed um, in terms of tactically, in terms of yeah. the players, in terms of the style of play? What's the biggest difference that you've noticed going from that jump from, from State League to NPL? And again, I know this is pre-season, of course. Yeah, oh, definitely pre-season. I think um, every team in the NPL, they have match winners in their team. They really have, like, they, they are, no, don't feel only maybe play 25 minutes, 20 minutes. He's obviously a key player. Um, Sterling, uh, sorry, Sereno, of course, obviously, Gus, you know, he's brilliant, Gus Brillander. Um, I think as well, we in the stately, we were creating maybe 15 chances a game. Here, we might only create five or six, and we've got to make sure they count. Um, so that's one thing we're working on. Like we've, we've done a lot of work in the way we play, but in the final third, it's something we've kind of neglected a little bit. That's my fault. And I've told the boys, like, from now to the start of the season, we're really going to work on that final pass, the final um, um, action, really, to try to get small goals. Um, we, we do have goals in the team um, but the last three games we've um, our conversion rate's really poor but we'll work on that yeah, so it's something to work on and what, is, what does this mean to, to the club as well Tuffy we've spoken before about how it is an ambitious club you've obviously been out of the top flight for, for 24 years as a club but it is a, it is a, it is a good afternoon down there you do get good crowds in down there and, and it has got a record of, of having some good players in the past likes of Richard Garcia yeah. Stan Lazzaretti these types of players so it is a famous club what does it mean to, I suppose to have this opportunity and to have this challenge going forward into the season and like, like you said before you must feel really confident given what you've dished up in the night series that you can sort of really make a shake oh, we're extremely excited the club have worked so hard um, the, the, the board um, for the last five years to get to this point um, just this week actually we got our new lights uh, in, installed and uh, we got the 500 Lux lights and we trained with it the first time on Tuesday and it's phenomenal and the club facilities I think are second to none we've got some really driven people behind the, uh, the club um, on the board level the investment level etc so we're not there to just make the numbers up that's for sure they, this club uh, they really want to try to push for the titles um, it, may, it might be me it might be somebody else but certainly I'm enjoying the ride while it lasts
And, uh, and I think that there was a stint where they, they dropped into the Sunday amateurs, so it's been an incredible road back to get back to the MPL level. Uh, something that we were talking about before a bit, but you've got potentially a very tough run in terms of the way the fixtures organised because of the Women's World Cup between yourselves and Perth SC, who have grounds that are, that are being used for that fantastic event. Uh, there's going to be a lot of home games towards the start of the season. Uh, how are you planning to deal with that? Does it give you, does it give you maybe a bit of a, a tailwind for those first few games, knowing that you're going to have the big home support for it? Yeah, certainly after we will obviously first fixtures away to Sterling, which is going to be a seven o'clock kickoff, which I imagine will have a, a huge crowd with the history between the two clubs. But then after that, we've got nine home games. Uh, we, we went undefeated at home last year, so hopefully we can continue that. We, we do play well at home. We, obviously, it's... Um, uh, we're used to obviously the surroundings, um, and but the second half of the season in the winter is going to be real hard. Like I'm about a tad worried. Uh, I, I won't lie to you, but we just got to work through it. The, the opportunity for the club's too big not to have the Danish side use our facility. Um, it's not ideal for me, but we'll just have to work through it. Look, um, last question from us, and get you get back with the boys. Yeah. Um, speaking of last year, last year you guys got to the night series final and you lost. But then you had the season that you had. So surely you take that again, right? Yeah, well, actually, when we um, George, who was the vice president last year, after the game against uh, Melville, was quite well, obviously disappointed to lose. And he actually said, historically, if you win the night series, you never win the league. So it cheered me up that way. But like, we're not, like, we just went, um, I, I actually made a, when we ECU, we made the final twice. We actually lost the final twice. Um, we're certainly trying to win it there's no doubt but it's not the, 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 the end game the end games have a really strong season a strong run in the cup um, and, and basically prove to people that we're, we're there not just to make the numbers up um, and then from there we'll build again Awesome Tuffy look thank you so much for your time mate we really appreciate it looking forward to uh, seeing you guys in the semi-final next week Thanks guys thank you Cheers guys Cheers mate Thanks. Once again thanks to Tuffy there we're in part three um Guys, really quickly, what did you make of that final game? I think we alluded it to um, alluded to it a little bit briefly, where nothing kind of happened in the first half, and then once that goal was scored, everything kind of happened. Yeah, the first half looked like two teams who didn't need any points out of the game <laughs> to, uh, uh, or, or needed one point each out of the game to to get through with uh, everything they had going in. So, uh, but it really opened up after that free kick. It was a free kick from uh, Callum McConnell who just skipped in front of uh, Alex Dunn, who I'm sure would be disappointed he didn't do uh, more to keep it out of the net. And then uh, Inglewood really went on the offensive, which is interesting. They had the changes. They rung in the changes. They brought in some of the players that maybe were resting on the bench with them, knowing that they were pretty much mm. through unless... Uh, Glory had um, had scored had had won by some ridiculous margin in the earlier game, and uh, you got to say that free kick from Shab Mikala. I mean, oh. we, we were talking about if they had if they had footage of that or if they do a footage of that, Jimmy Bullard will be recreating on Soccer AM next week. It was incredible. I think the Kingsway guys had the VO up. Guys, if you do have that, please, for the love of God, <laughs> make sure that that is a public good and we can all see that free kick because it was absolutely beautiful. Tommy, you had probably the best view in the house. What did you make of the game? Yeah, Josh pretty much nailed it, really. It was two teams who just didn't want to lose, especially in that first half. It was pretty turgid. I think there was a good save from from Nielsen, from um, Malik Kutch in the first half, but that was really the only major effort on target. Um, and then, th to Josh's point, the free kick kind of opened up the game, but it was still, um, after McCoy, Carla's um, wonder strike, it was that sort of weird juxtaposition because 
Kingsway was sort of pushing forward because they knew that if they'd won the game, they would have won the group and gone to top of the group. Whereas um, if Inglewood had got the winner, then Perth Glory would have been playing mm. in the semi-final. So even though it was 1-1, the game was still pretty tense and on a knife edge, not really from an Inglewood perspective because they were through regardless of what would have happened unless there was some crazy scoreline tonight like Kingsway won 7-0, which was just not going to happen given how the first half of the game went. So, look, I mean, to sum up the game, it was probably a fair result on the balance of play. I think both teams had their moments in the game. Neither had a sort of um, a long-standing spell of pressure. Kingsway probably had the better chances on the balance of play. But, yeah, 1-1's probably a fair result in my eyes. 1-1, fair result. Josh, fair result? Fair result. I, I thought uh, Kingsway shaded it. I think Inglewood sort of had a... I thought, I thought uh, Inglewood sort of had a 15- to 20-minute patch where they were arguably on top of the game. And uh, there, there was, uh, I think, before he... Maybe before he scored the free kick, I think Shubb had the, the strike that, that came back off the base of the post. That would have been a fantastic goal as well. Um, by and large, uh, I would say, yeah, Kings, Kingsway had the better of it. They hit the crossbar late uh, of Harrison, uh, which would have given them the win and, and top spot in the group, which would have been a real fillip coming up from State League Division 1 mm. if they had managed to top the group. Um, You've got to say it's a really interesting set of uh, semi-finals yeah, got it, coming up. It is an interesting set of semi-finals. And look, we previewed that a little bit to, to start with. We're not going to do predictions here because... It's late and we're tired, but also no one wins from predictions, as, as Tommy understands. But we'll do predictions later down the line in terms of the big season preview. As, as Sean found out last oh, week geez. when he had his, uh, his Armadale to be relegated prediction <laughs> thrown back, thrown in, right his back in his face. But we are, we are going to do some semi-breaking news here. Um, we have heard rumours that one of the NPL clubs will be on the lookout for a manager, and it should be confirmed tomorrow. So we'll be yeah, pressed to know who it is and have it confirmed, but... They can't be good for your preseason preparations of three weeks from the season. You're getting a new manager, surely. Mm. Mm. No, I, look, I, it, it, it happened to North Perth last year in a completely different circumstance where we had a coach who, um, and he was on the podcast as well, he, he spoke about it, but who, who had some issues and mentally and just didn't, couldn't coach anymore. And so with, the, with two weeks to go, new coach comes in, new ideas, new set of formations, new set of trainings, and it kind of derailed our season a little bit. So I'm not too sure um, what the effect is going to be like that. Um, but yeah, I'm just thinking, look, it can't, be, it can't be the best thing for you in terms of preparation. Scenes from Kalichi's life. Amateur football, not, not always representative of, uh, of what happens at the top level, but it, it is certainly going to be difficult. I mean, we saw the situation last year with, uh, with Gwellup and, and Mitch Prentice where he got the long suspension and that certainly played a role in, in the difficult times they had towards the end of the season where, you know, their coach wasn't able to be on the bench. Yeah, and if you are if you are going to be coaching a team and you are coming in, you want to get them to play your style of football. You want to hopefully get some players in who you who you're familiar with or who, who'd back your style of football. Um, and you probably need weeks to get the players that you already have like settled and understanding what's going on. Players might be impressing or try to impress, but you, you probably need around six weeks. You probably need a pre-season <laughs> to get a team up to scratch, surely. Well, the counterpoint is that there is still three weeks until the season, so there is still a window of time. It's not like there's a week until the start of the season. We've got the semi-finals and the final to come up, so there is still some time for some work to be done on the training on the training ground. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, it, I suppose it could go it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, look, that is um, it for us here 
at the Perth Little Podcast. Thank you so much to the good people at Inglewood for keeping the bar open. We really appreciate it. The chips were terrific as well, as, as much as my um, chicken situ burger sub. Josh, any final words or thoughts? Uh, yeah, just really looking forward to the final starting and how close we are to the season. Uh, got to mention as well the the women's and the, the State League Night Series still ongoing in the Amateur Night Series to begin very soon and uh, potentially uh, we could be <laughs> meeting each other. Derby, it yes. could, could be PFPV, PFP. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I'm, I'm going to... I know from my own personal life, I'm going to appreciate only having to cover one night of football from a, from a men's league perspective. But then obviously the women's league is, is starting, the night series is starting, well, already in. So I'll probably be covering a bit of that as well. So hopefully you still tune into that. Uh, Tommy, any final words? Nothing further, Your Honour. Nothing further, Your Honour. I'm Kalichi Osunwa. We've had Josh Chayat, um, Tommy Domino. I almost forgot your name there, Tommy. And we've also had David Tuff. Thank you all so much. Hopefully you are starting your week in a really great way. You take care and we'll speak to you soon.